0: It makes your day-to-day easier and gives you the freedom to focus on what really matters, your future.
1: Grow your business without the grind in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Welcome to the Brave New Work on the Other Side crossover miniseries. In these short episodes, we talk with Chase Chapman, builder of DAOs and host of the On the Other Side podcast about organizational design for Web3. On with the show. On today's episode, I
2: cannot wait to hear your thoughts on KPIs, which will make some people's head hurt from probably trauma around KPIs, and some people are very excited about them in the DAO space. I am neutral coming in, but really want to understand what you both have seen. So a little bit of context before we dive into it. Because DAOs are doing this decentralized payment comp structure thing, one of the best ways that we've tried to explore or in theory looks interesting is using KPIs to determine value that's created and measure value that's created so that people are paid but in a way that feels fair. Mm -hmm. I want to hear your initial thoughts on KPIs and then dive into like why you think that.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> who's, so, who's, uh, who's opening oh this combo?
1: <laughs> I know. Um, so my my headline over this is anything that sounds like a KPI or an OKR or a smart goal is very likely going to fall into the trap of a complicated solution in a complex environment, and things like KPIs that presume that there is measurable value inside of any statement are just going to fall apart because that's not how value really gets created in complexity and so for for like my my fir- my allergy my first like sort of gut-wrenching allergy is If there is a belief in emergence and there is a belief in continuous steering and decentralization, how the fuck are we going to start with exactly, specifically what we're going to measure before we even start? This is a controversial take in the DAO ecosystem today. But I (laughs) love it
2: because it's rooted in practice. So when you talk about that, can you give like a practical example? Because I think people listening to this even myself half of my brain is like sure people always say that but like what is the reason for that yeah and what could happen and what is the role of kpis then or uh-huh. should we get rid of them should we use them as a barometer
1: like i'm curious how you think about that Okay, I'm going to start with a real life example, and then Erin, you talk about what role they maybe do have, etc. So okay. I, I know I keep using hiring on this show, but I just feel like hiring is very relatable because everyone has to have new members in their system, no matter what kind they, you know, even cults have to recruit. <laughs> so I um, sure do, yeah, especially cults have to recruit. So let's let's just use a hiring, you know, a hiring DAO or a hiring circle as an example. It would be very easy to start a hiring group with something like a number of human beings to hire as a KPI. Like our metric is that we bring on one new member, 10 new members, 1000 new members each month. That would be a very traditional KPI, you know, time to hire, cost per hire, number of hires. These are very traditional KPIs in the talent acquisition space the downsides of those kinds of KPIs are what is the hiring circle really meant to do? Is it a body shop? Is it meant to just produce human beings regardless of fit or quality or pacing or learning or changing the kind of members that we think we need over time? And so rather than starting with how many or a quantifiable outcome, I would start with the principle of what is this hiring sub-DAO trying to do? And if it were perfect, what would it be doing? And what that what's more interesting to me than any of the KPIs that I just mentioned are, are things like, you know, when when Sharon and I instantiated the hiring circle at the ready, the main purpose was to figure out what the future of work version of hiring was. Because what we knew is that if we did that and if we built and and our sort of second principle was to design for equity and inclusion. And we were like, if we figure those things out through experimentation, we'll be able to hire as many people as we want to forever. So like Mm -hmm. rather than saying we need 10 members, hiring circle, your KPI is 10 members, the more interesting move is the hiring circle is going to figure out the future of work. And then we'll be able to have members for days. And so now the question to Aaron is like, so then how do we
2: measure the success of that? Like, do we just take <laughs> Rodney's word for it that she's figured out the
0: future of hiring Always. and
1: work? That's I mean, that is the KPI. Is Does Rodney say it's working? <laughs> We're yeah,
0: good. It must be working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think just to double down on what Rodney's saying, it's true that Essentially, when you're trying to run any organization based on instrumentation, you're creating a model of reality and all models are wrong, but some are useful. So the question is just like, what are there things we can measure that might be useful? We talked on a previous episode about Goodhart's law and the idea that when a measure becomes a target, it ceases to become a good measure. And that's because it's going to do all the things Ronnie just said. It's going to cause people to game it or or run astray of what they're actually trying to do at an impact level. And so, I think just really sitting and meditating on that is important. And actually, actually there's a Zen monk that had a quote about this too who said a finger pointing at the moon is not the moon. And I think just everyone needs to say that under their breath when they get ready in the morning cuz like so many things are about the indicator is the religion but it's really not. There's an organization in actual living practice with tens of thousands of members that has taken this to heart, and that's Bertzorg, which mm-hmm. is a Dutch healthcare system. And where they came from was this healthcare system where everything was KPI-driven. So if you think of traditional healthcare, it's time for service, how long do they wait, how many milligrams were administered, how much did it cost, what's the bed rate? Like everything is measured down to the minute and the second. And nurses are basically shuttled around as machines or automatons in that system. And so, what Yosta Block, the founder of Burtzorg, did was look at the system and say, actually, what nurses and healthcare providers really want to do, and this is a, a home healthcare system, um, what they really want to do is, is just help people get back on their feet and provide health. This is a service, this is a calling. It's not, it, you know, this is not filling out TPS reports. And so, when they built the organization, they basically built it on the idea that there was a vision of helping people get back on their feet and making sure that they're sustainably autonomous. So like when we're done working with someone, they've recovered and they have their autonomy back, which is sort of like a North Star metric, but it's not something that you can just easily put in a spreadsheet. And then they got rid of all the other measures and basically said, you do what you think you need to do to serve this bigger ambition or this bigger goal. And the pods of nurses in birthsorg, of which there are more than 15,000 now, decide everything about how they deliver that care. And in fact, the first thing they do when they work with a new person is spend a couple hours having coffee with them, which would never be allowed in the traditional system because how wasteful, right? But actually, now years later, a decade plus later, they've looked at the data and shown that Bertzorg patients get healthier faster, stay healthier longer, and they save the Dutch healthcare system like 700 million euros a year. So it's a really interesting example of like focusing on the mission to Rodney's point and letting different steering metrics help tell that story, but not letting them drive the bus.
2: Wow. That is a very good example. And also some of your lines in there like blew my mind a little bit, like some of the thoughts that you were sharing. To me, then the question becomes like, okay, that makes sense. There's some sort of case That's like also a business case for saying, let's not focus on KPIs. Is there still a case for measuring and consistently tracking these things? What is the role of that then in the system where like, I'm guessing along the way, they were still measuring some of these things or did they just completely say we're not even going to measure it all?
0: So this I have a couple of thoughts, and I bet I bet Rodney has more. my my two immediate thoughts are back to the episode about marketplaces. So how do I know if a hiring circle is doing a good job? Well, are the teams that need people going outside of the market to get them or are they going to the hiring circle? Because they have the right mm-hmm. to do either one. So essentially, are are people getting their needs met is as of interest? And if you need to measure that in a marketplace way like that, that's one way. There might be some kind of a feedback opportunity or survey or or way for the people that work with an organization to provide data about how it's going. A very hands-on way to do that would just be with a shared retrospective, like getting the hiring circle in a room with a lot of the people that work with them regularly to ask questions about how it's going. So you can kind of do the like very uh, subjective, thoughtful sense-making approach or possibly find a few steering metrics. But at the end of the day, if you have a proper marketplace set up, the story should just be playing out.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that I don't really have a problem with tracking things or looking at literally yeah. any flavor of data. It's just the human tendency to turn that data into a target <laughs> or into a benchmark that must be exceeded. Yeah. And so to me, it's like, sure, like look at revenue, look at hiring numbers, look at release cycle, look at whatever you want to look at and understand that the human tendency, because we all grew up in capitalism, is to be like, how do we optimize this rather than how do we sense make around this and how do we steer? A KPI, like in its real definition, is supposed to be an Indicator, indicator of something. But e- even if you're laying a KPI on a mission or on a team or on a project, and you're saying you get paid when you do this, you've already like lost the plot on what the KPI is meant to be. So I it's just like use whatever data is useful, but use it for steering, not as like too often the data becomes the outcome or like the objective or the goal. And it's like that is where. It gets very screwed up because, to Aaron's point, that's where the gamification happens. That's where we under resource things. That's where we burn out. That's where we do a whole bunch of things to like press the pedal and get the pellet that don't make any sense for our business.
0: And that's, I think, Rodney, why back in the day we started calling these steering metrics aggressively instead of just metrics. Yes. Because it it forces people to be like, wait a second, what is steering? Why are we steering? What are we steering? They're target metrics, they're steering metrics. So are you going to turn the wheel based on what you're seeing, not do you ever finish? And I think that's the question is like, if you can finish hitting a metric or a target, not a good way to measure. You should probably toss it. If you can just see it all the time on your dashboard, totally good. It's nice to know what direction you're heading.
2: This is very useful in the context of DAOs. So thank you for clarifying that. And... For giving examples of why it doesn't work, because sometimes I feel like we're really holding on to our our metrics because we want them to be like the thing that's like the answer to all of our problems. They'll save us, yeah. But it feels like ultimately, what it almost always seems to come down to is actually articulating what we want to do and what our goals are, and then letting everything else come from that. Yeah, you're Which an org designer is- now.
0: <laughs>
2: We're learning. I, I have my org designer and training hat on.
0: <laughs> I think I think you get a graduation cap.
2: <laughs> well, thank you for another wonderful session. Wonderful teachers for this this little mini org design school we've got going on.
0: This is so fun.
2: I love
1: it.
0: That's another episode of Brave New Work on the other side in the bag. There's more where that came from. So watch for new episode drops coming soon. And this special crossover edition is produced by The Ready in partnership with Chase Chapman and On the Other Side. You can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at theready.com or find all three of us on Twitter. As for you, thanks for listening. Now go Dow something.